Hi friends, this is Will Dyer, the pastor here at the First Baptist Church of Augusta. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the message that you are about to hear will give you some joy in your day. But more than that, I hope that this message will connect you to Jesus. The mission of our church is to connect people to Jesus Christ in a community of faith. And it is my greatest hope that the message you are about to hear will better connect you with Jesus and His way in the world. Hi friends, I want to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles this morning to John chapter 1. In just a moment, we will read verses 1 through 5. Today, we are wrapping up our series, A Weary World Rejoices, where for the past month, what we have done is we have looked at how followers of Jesus, because of Him, even in a weary world, we are able to have hope, peace, joy, and today, we're going to look at love. Now, if you've missed any of those sermons, all you need to do is go to our website, discoverfbc.org, click on the Watch tab, and you can catch up on anything that you've missed. You can also download our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other place where you listen. Uh, But today, I want to continue on and wrap up this series. So I invite you to just listen along with me or read in your own Bibles as I read from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm probably a lot like you in that my Christmas rhythms, they've been a little bit upended. All of the parties that I normally go to, which are a multitude of them in December, haven't happened. Uh, So what that has led to is a little bit more time for me and my family to spend together, which is good. But with a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old, what Sarah and I quickly realized is that spending that much time together we had to come up with something to do. And we had to come up with something to do fast. Now, luckily, and and if you haven't, uh, if you're not aware of what I'm about to tell you, it's going to blow your mind. Because Sarah and I luckily found a website, csrakids.com. And on the CSRA Kids website, we found this amazing tool. It's a map, a Google map, that gives you all throughout the CSRA, Every single Christmas decoration light festivity in our city. Houses, uh, pay-for-play places, and all you have to do is click on the map. Interactive tells you where to go. And so Sarah and I loaded the kids up in the car on a few different occasions, and we drive around the city, and we look at these Christmas lights. And friends, they are phenomenal Some of them are good, some of them are bad, and some of them are really, really ugly. But but it's amazing. You pull up to some houses and you see this uh, incredible light display flickering and flashing and and a sign when you pull up in the yard that says, turn to 90.2. And there's music that goes and synchronizes with the lights. And, And guys, it's been insane. My kids love every single second of it. And not only my kids, 
but what I saw as well is that every neighborhood we pulled into, there were streams of cars all the way back and forward. Yeah, these Christmas light displays have been amazing to see. I'll be honest with you, one of the things that I thought immediately the first time I saw it was I wonder how much money that costs. And, and here's a really interesting thing. On Boston Magazine, uh, they came out with an article a few years ago, and they said that if you use 25,000 incandescent bulbs to light your house at Christmas every single day of December, the, the rough cost would be about $5,000. But if you used LEDs, the cost would be $60. So here's a cheer for LED lights. <laughs> you drive around the neighborhoods and you see the lights and they're wonderful and amazing and they're good. But one of the things that shocked me is every time we're driving away from these neighborhoods, you're maybe uh, half a mile down the road and I swear to you, you can still see the light. It's still glowing, even when you're out in Evans and you're in the middle of nowhere and there's darkness. Because you look behind you, you see the trail of Christmas light. And I was reminded of something incredibly important. That light, light is so much more powerful than darkness. And just a little bit of light, friends, it goes an incredibly long way. Taking my kids around to these Christmas light displays, I was reminded of a light display just outside of my neighborhood when I was a kid. It was one of those that everyone went and came to and saw, and the lines were long like the ones we experienced. But, but the thing that I remember most about this light display as a kid is that as you made your way out, you'd seen all the Santa Claus uh, light displays and you'd seen all the reindeers, but as you made your way out of this particular light display, there in big, bold letters, the last thing they wanted you to see was this incredible word from the Gospel of John that the light has shone into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Because the reality is light is so much more powerful than darkness. It's hard to believe that now we are only five days away from Christmas. Only five days away from celebrating that baby who was born in a manger in Bethlehem. And typically, when we gather together for Christmas, and what we will do this year at the First Baptist Church of Augusta, is we'll read Luke's Gospel, and we'll read, uh, we'll read Matthew's Gospel. Those stories about the little baby who was laid in a manger with swaddling clothes, surrounded by animals, surrounded by Mary and Joseph and the wise men who bring gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. We'll sing the Christmas carols about the little Jesus boy who was laid in the hay. These are the stories we know. These are the stories we love. And they are rich and they are good and there's a reason why we celebrate them every single year. But you know, this year, guys, this year more than any other year, what I deeply needed in my own life was not necessarily the story from Matthew's gospel, however powerful it is. Not the story from Luke's gospel, however compelling it is. But, but for me, and I would argue probably for many of you, what we need this Christmas, because the world is weary 
What we need is that story, that Christmas story, that begins not with a baby born in a manger, but that Christmas story that begins in the beginning with the Word who was with God, who was God, that Word who took on flesh and came among us. What we need to hear, what I need to hear, is the Christmas story of John's gospel that says that the Word was the light and the life of all things. And He took on flesh and came among us, and the light has shone into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's what I need to hear this year. (laughs) That all things were made through Him and for Him, and nothing exists without Him, and He is light And even the faintest hint of that light is more powerful than any amount of darkness. And yes, we celebrate a baby who was laid in a manger on Christmas Day, but we do not need to forget that that baby is the eternal Christ who took on flesh and came among us, and he is more explosive and more powerful and more beautiful than anything we have ever seen or will see. He is the light. And the light has shone into the darkness. And it is so much more powerful. And it has the ability to transform the world. I don't know about you, friends, but that's the sort of thing that I need to hear this Christmas. That the light has shone into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. (laughs) You know, this is something that uh, I needed to hear for more reason than just the light and the celebration of it. But I was actually listening to a sermon on this text, on this story, just a few weeks ago. It's a story from a friend of mine, Paul Baxley. And Paul is is the executive coordinator for the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. And, And talking about this story in John's Gospel, there was this incredible moment early on where Paul says what what he loves and what I love about this story of John is that is that following Jesus, and this is so important, that following Jesus, friends, according to John's gospel, it doesn't ask us to deny the reality of the darkness. It doesn't ask us to pretend as though the darkness doesn't exist, that it isn't a real thing. That John is very clear about the fact that there is darkness in the world. There is the way that things are supposed to be, and then there is this life and the way things are. There's darkness. And John is honest about it. And as followers of Jesus, we are not asked to deny the reality of the darkness in the world. And it is going to be no surprise to you that this year the world is weary. And it is plainly evident and obvious to all of us that darkness is real. Life is not a Hallmark movie. Life is not the prosperity gospel that teaches you, you name it and you claim it, and God's going to bless you and everything's perfect. Contrary to what I was taught about through, by some followers of Jesus, that you always had to have a smile on your face and act like everything was good. No, what the story in John's gospel teaches is that to faithfully follow Jesus well in the world is not to deny the reality of the darkness. 
And you know it. I know it. Things are a little dark right now, aren't they? 3,000 people dying every day because of COVID. While some people are still claiming that COVID isn't even a thing. Friends, that's dark. (laughs) A political process that is fractured and fragmented. And we're now a month and a half past the election. And we still are fighting over who the next president of the United States will be. Friends, there is darkness all around us. I'm just talking about our country. If you extend it on a global scale, cyber attacks from Russia, volatility across the world, a vaccine is now here, and some people are saying, I don't trust it and I won't take it. There's darkness in the world. And the reality is, friends, as followers of Jesus, You're not asked to pretend as though it's not real. Because there are moments. There are moments where we clearly know that life is supposed to be better. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 88. And if you go and you look at Psalm 88, what you'll find is that it isn't filled with sunshine and rainbows. But Psalm 88 is a cry of lament. It's a cry of someone who is being honest with God about their heart being broken, about seeing the destruction and the disunity that is all around them. In Psalm 88, verse 18 ends like this, that you have taken from me my friends and my neighbors, and darkness is my closest friend. Some of you are watching this morning, whether online or on television. And darkness seems like your closest friend. And the reality is, if you find yourself in that moment as a follower of Jesus, that's okay. The darkness is real. And following Jesus, I want to be loud and clear, does not ask us to deny the reality of the darkness. And that is so important. But if I stop there, it ultimately wouldn't be good news. Because while following Jesus doesn't say, pretend like the darkness doesn't exist, what we do know and what we do say and what we are supposed to know and trust deep down in the depths of our bones. (laughs) Friends, there is darkness in the world, but the light has shone into the darkness and the darkness will never overcome it. The darkness cannot comprehend it. The darkness cannot wrap its mind around it because the light is so strong. And so darkness is real. We see it every single day in the world around us. But the good news of the gospel is that the light has overcome it. Friends, the light has shone in to the darkness, John says. And the darkness can't overcome it. The darkness doesn't know what to do with it, but you know just as well as I do that that darkness has continually and always tried to stamp out that light. Whether it was Herod who decided that every baby boy in Israel was to be slaughtered to stamp out the light. 
whether it was Jesus who when he goes to Nazareth to preach his first sermon and he stands up in the pulpit and he delivers a word. And after he's done, the religious leaders, they try to kill him because they know he's a revolutionary and they know he's light. Yeah, friends, the darkness The darkness has always tried to stamp out the light. But what we as followers of Jesus know, deep down in the depths of our bones, the light has shone and the darkness will never overcome it. God knows they have tried. They tried all throughout Jesus' ministry and then in the culmination of the darkness's attempt to put out that light forever, they hung him on a cross And they executed him as a criminal and they thought that he was dead and they thought that his life, this good, beautiful life, had been extinguished forever. And they laid him in the grave and for three days, for three days, friends, the world was dark. But thanks be to God, the light has shone into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it because on that third day the stone was rolled away and God raised Jesus from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead where now he is seated at the right hand of God the Father ruling over all of creation. The darkness is strong but the light is even stronger. And that light is the life of the world. And in him and through him, all things were made. And I don't know about you, but that's what I need to hear. That yes, there is darkness in the world, but at the end of the day, we know deep down in the depths of our bones that love and light will win the day because Jesus is alive. Friends, that is really good news. And on this Christmas, as the world is so weary, what I need to hear, what you need to hear, ah, the light is still shining bright all across creation. (laughs) Yeah, there's darkness in the world, and the light will overcome it. But if I'm going to be honest If you are going to be honest, the reason that we need to hear this story of John's gospel is not only because there is darkness in the world, but the reason I need to hear it, the reason you need to hear it, friends, is that there is actually darkness within ourselves. There is darkness even inside of our own lives. And I could go through examples, and I could tell you stories But you know, you know it, you felt it. It was a few weeks ago, and I went, and I had a meeting, and I sat down with this person, and this is the sort of person, whenever I see them coming my direction, I almost always turn, and I go in a different space. I avoid conversation with this person in every way and in every circumstance I can. And if you're sitting there asking yourself, when was the last time I talked to Will? I promise you're not this person. They're not watching. I'm almost certain of it. But I sat down with this person, and immediately there was no pleasantry. There was no nicety, but it was a launch into all the things that are wrong with the world and all the things that are wrong with me. And I sat there, and I listened, and I felt my anger growing, and I felt the darkness rising. 
and I listened, and the meeting was over, and I got up and I left, and I went home, and I told Sarah, Sarah, I hate this person. And I laid in my bed that night and I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it and the darkness was rising and it isn't just something out in the world but the reality is for each and every one of us there is darkness even inside of our own selves. And as I laid in my bed and I reflected on what I should have said and wanted to say to this guy or woman who's just so mean, I was reminded of something. That the light, the light shines into the darkness. The darkness of the world, but also the darkness of my own heart. And that light is brighter than the darkness. And then I remember that I serve and love and follow this radical revolutionary known as Jesus who says these incredible things like, love your enemy. And he advocates these incredibly powerful movements like if someone hits you on the right cheek, then turn the other. If someone takes your cloak, then give them your tunic as well. If someone wants you to go one mile, then go the second. Because the world is filled with darkness. And we will be people of light. And I laid in my bed, and I decided that I would not let that hate consume me, and I would not let that anger define me, that I will be a person of light in this world. And I wonder, I'm not the only one, am I? I'm not the only one who has those meetings and those conversations I'm not the only one who identifies the darkness within my own self. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Where's the darkness in your life? Where's the darkness? And more importantly, will you allow the light of Jesus to shine into that space? Will you allow the light of love, the light of the gospel to define your life in a way that the darkness never can because the light is so much stronger? Where's the darkness? And today, will you allow yourself to follow Jesus in a way that extinguishes that darkness, that expels that anger and that hatred because the reality of the gospel, my friends, is that all things are coming into being through him and for him, including me and including you. And the light is called to shine in our lives. Where is the darkness in your life? And today, will you allow the light of Jesus to shine bright into that darkness? I wonder, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Yeah, what's your favorite Christmas movie? For, for me, I, I love a number of them, but far and away, the best Christmas movie I have ever seen, and please don't laugh, Christmas Vacation. And, and Christmas Vacation is great for a number of reasons. But there's one scene in particular, one little section that I love more than any other. And it's when Clark, Clark Griswold, is putting those lights all over his house. 
and, and he is decorating and he's excited and he's, his family's coming and everything is good and it's going to be beautiful. And there's a moment where Clark tries to light the lights and nothing happens and nothing goes right. And there are his neighbors, you know his neighbors, Margot and Todd. Why is the carpet wet, Todd? And they are cynical, and they are angry, and they are, in that movie, the worst. And they laugh and they scoff and they ridicule Clark Griswold, and he continues to try and light the lights, and then there's a moment where it finally happens where the switch is flipped and the lights are put together and the brightness shines all around. And in one of my favorite scenes in the whole of the movie, as the lights shine out into the entirety of the neighborhood, Todd, Todd and his bride are blinded. Todd and his bride are thrown down onto the ground because they can't handle the light. (laughs) See, the cynics can't handle the light. And the pessimists, they don't know what to do with it. And that moment in the movie is a reminder for me that the light is so much more strong than the darkness. And I want to be a person of light. I want to be a person of hope and peace, and joy. I want to be a person who radiates that wonderful reality of the gospel out into the world because Jesus says, let your light shine so that others might see what you do and give glory to God. Because the light has shone into the darkness and the pessimism of Todd and Margot the pessimism of the culture in which we live. It doesn't know what to do with it. But friends, I am committed to let my light shine. And I hope you are too. You know, today, a little earlier in our service, we lit the candle of love. And what we said is that each week, hope, we can have it. Joy, we can have it. Peace, we can have it. And today, love, we can have it. Because when the light shines into the room, when the light shines into your life, what you recognize is that at the heart of who God is, God is love. God is love. I was reading a book recently by N.T. Wright, a new book, Broken Signposts. And there's a chapter on love, and this is one of the most wonderful things. He says that love is not just something that God does, but love is at the very heart of who God is. The light shines into the darkness and it reveals to us that God, God is love. And so friends, I want you to know one thing, that the light, the light of Jesus The light of love has shone into the darkness. Into the darkness of this world and into the darkness of your life. And today, today, you can follow that light. You can love that light. Because the darkness, 
The darkness can't overcome it. The light, the light is strong. The light is good. And the light is life. So will you give yourself to that light today? I wonder, will you do it? Take a moment now and let's pray together. God, we are grateful. We are grateful for this morning and for the opportunity to gather together. God, there's darkness in the world and we know it. And there's darkness in our lives and we know it. And today for my brothers and my sisters, oh Lord, I pray that your light, the light of Jesus would shine into their hearts and get rid of the cynicism and the anger and the pessimism. God, today help us to know that because of this child born in Bethlehem, because of this Christ who took on flesh and came among us, the light is shining. God, help us to follow the light. And for those of us living in the darkness, illuminate our path today. Show us a better way. Show us how to follow Jesus well. God, this is our prayer, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.